the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. How many times has food really saved the day? Can you think of situations where that was the case? Perhaps a business meeting or an interview you were having and and there was a nervousness or a tension in the air that was thick as a fog. But then the food comes and one of the dishes reminds someone of a restaurant she once visited and it's in your hometown or it's a restaurant you've been to and so the conversation shifts and moves in a whole new way. Or perhaps you're seated at a wedding reception and you know you'll be in your assigned seat for about four hours. (laughs) And you just happen to have been placed between two people who could not disagree more politically. And they begin to talk politics with you in the middle until a dish comes that reminds one person of the way his grandmother used to cook it. And then the other person chimes in, and suddenly the tone changes altogether. Maybe it's been in another occasion for you on a date, or meeting the in-laws, or or settling a deal, or, or grieving the loss of a loved one. And food was the thing that that shifted the atmosphere, that, that introduced some mysterious, almost mystical element into the mix. And food saved the day, at least that day. I think that's a little bit of what happens in today's gospel. Food saves the day. It makes things clear. Sometimes when we read scriptures, we can forget that they're, they're based in conversations and situations that involve real people. Uh, real people who get nervous or get scared or, or feel emboldened or confident or, or self-conscious or unsure of themselves. It's, scripture is filled with humans. And especially when Jesus is on earth, he's, he's interacting with people in extremely human ways. In today's gospel, it is still soon after the resurrection. And the disciples are terrified at the sight of Jesus. They think they're seeing a ghost. Jesus begins to try to reason with them and explain, would a ghost have flesh and bones like me? They still can't quite take it all in. And so there in the midst of their fear, in the midst of the silence, the the remorsefulness, the regret, the wave of feelings that the various people must have had, the, the weirdness and the awkwardness of it all, Jesus then cuts through and asks for something to eat. They give him a piece of broiled fish, and he eats it in their presence, Scripture says, right there with them, just like they would, beside them, among them. The evangelist is intentional intentional to show us Jesus' flesh and blood eating food. And so with that conversation around the shared fish, the disciples begin 
to understand their friend. They begin to see Jesus once again. He, he comes back to life in the eating of the fish. They see him as Jesus. They see him as the Son of God. And they begin to understand his message of love. They, they understand him as the Messiah, the one who opens the way to eternal life. And all of this happens, this opening of their eyes, opening of their hearts, opening of their minds, their future, through the sharing of a simple meal. People get hungry. People get hungry in our day. Physical hunger, unfortunately, exists as a reality all around the globe and even close at home and in our city. We do our little bit right here that we can. Uh, The Saturday Neighborhood Supper helps. The Tuesday Senior Lunch helps. The the hosting of community sustainable agriculture and other work that people in and around our congregation are involved with, with the common pantry, with smaller pantries, with just helping neighbors. We do what we can. We've done a little bit to try to acknowledge hunger in society and some of the problems that go into that and some of what we might do to alleviate it. But people are hungry in other ways too, aren't they? Especially in our day, spiritual hunger gnaws at all kinds of people. Sometimes it gnaws in such a way that people settle for the spiritual equivalent of fast food which is to say they, they overindulge on easy answers and fundamentalist thinking. That's one extreme. But there's another extreme where the, the sophisticated in our culture are hungry as well, but they cover it up in a different way. They feed themselves on a diet of, of cynicism, of, of busyness, of compulsion, of relying on other things to over overdue to cover up the hunger pangs. Of course, it would be simplistic for me to suggest that simply have faith in Jesus and you'll be fed. It doesn't always fill our stomachs. But the truth of our faith is that faith in God through Jesus does satisfy a hunger. It does fill a kind of ache that so often in our world results in despair or violence. Faith does feed. Faith in God, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, can begin to give strength to all people. It can begin to nourish. It can refresh. It can renew. It can revive. Today's gospel, the conversation around a broiled fish, symbolizes the way that Jesus feeds us and the way we're invited to be a part of that ongoing feeding. Jesus feeds us intellectually. Now, I know that many in this country and in the Western Hemisphere think that Christianity is anything but intellectual, but it's often because of their own inexperience and lack of knowledge that they would believe that. Some of the greatest minds in history were led to ask penetrating questions and seek answers by their yearning for God. Yes, in some places, organized religions stood in the way of search for truth, and in some places it still does, but not everywhere and not always. 
Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Jesus feeds us intellectually, encouraging us to make connections between his teachings and our lives, between his commandments and our culture, between his relationships with people and the relationships that we find ourselves in. We're called to think with our faith and to have faith with our thinking. Jesus also feeds us socially uh, through programs, through volunteer efforts, through agencies and missionaries of the church. We, we offer literal food to the hungry. Those of you who volunteer offer and are a part of that. But as you know, if you're a volunteer, either here or elsewhere, you know that you yourself are strengthened and nurtured through the volunteering Much of our community happens around food, whether it's breakfast at Midnight Express after the 8 a.m. Eucharist, as a handful do every Sunday morning and more are welcome, or the coffee hour and receptions that follow this service, or the periodic newcomer receptions at the rectory, or the first Sunday potlucks after the 6 p.m. service, or, or casual social gatherings that take place in and around this place. Usually over food, we're more ourselves, we're more relaxed. We can begin to let down our guard and we can get to know one another. With other Christians especially, Christ appears in new ways in the breaking and sharing of bread. And finally, of course, we're we're led and we're fed by Jesus Christ mysteriously and spiritually in the communion of his body and blood the exchange of bread and wine. Our collect for the day, the prayer we began our worship with, asks that God would open the eyes of our faith. And that's what happens every time through Holy Communion. As we place ourselves before God, as we allow God to feed us with this little bit of bread and wine, our hearts open more to God's presence, to God's purpose, to God's love in our world. We have in this church a wonderful reminder of the eyes of our faith being opened and the mystery of bread and and wine and the mystery of food in our Holy Trinity icon over to your left in the memorial chapel. As many of you recall, that icon refers to a story that comes out of Genesis chapter 18. It's there that God appears to Abram and Sarai. It's before they have a name change, so often the indication of a deep relationship with God. They become Abraham and Sarah, but but as they're going along, these three strangers approach them, and Abraham and Sarah entertain the strangers who become angels. They, They make them sit down and give them food. And then the three speak as one, and they announce to Sarah that she's going to have a child. Our icon follows the famous one painted by the Russian monk Andrei Rublev in the 15th century. Our icon, again, shows the three strangers, the angels, the messengers of God, and they're, they're sitting around a table. The original icon just shows the three in the table. Ours adds Abraham and Sarah to remind us that this happens to real people. It can happen to us. 
By tradition, those three strangers are thought to represent the Holy Trinity, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Those three are in holy conversation as though they're, they're enjoying each other's company. They're completely at rest and at home. There's food on the table, food in the center of that relationship, food that calms and focuses and allows God to be present in the midst of Abraham and Sarah's fear, their doubt, their questions, their confusion, their hope. There God shows up in the sharing of food. It opens up conversation It can bring back memories. Food for us can link us with our ancestors. Even our taste buds can pave the way for new friendships. It can bring healing. It can bring transformation. Many of you know that my former parish was named All Souls. And each year as we tried to get people to come to the All Souls Day worship service, which was not really in the habit of people's custom, we would try to think of something new to do. We tried music and maybe a handful more came. Uh, We tried a guest preacher and another handful came. But by far the most successful year was the year we invited people to come to the Eucharist and then afterwards there would be a potluck dinner. But it would be a special dinner. We invited people to cook or bring a dish that reminded them of a a beloved ancestor. Maybe it was cooked with your grandmother's recipe. Um, Maybe it was your father's favorite chili. Um, And then we had special little tags that would say where the recipe came from, who inspired the food. And as you might imagine, the food was magnificent. It was more than everybody could possibly eat. But then the conversations became even more amazing. People who had never had anything to say to other people found that they had new connections through food, through memories, through places, through stories. That's a little bit of what happens every time we gather around this altar or any altar. The Holy Eucharist is is food from heaven, shared with us, shared for a hungry world. The body and blood of Christ given for us to share and become one, one people, one body with Christ, one creation with God the Almighty. On this third Sunday of Easter, as we pray that our eyes would be opened, may God continue to change us through food. May Jesus continue to feed us physically and communally and spiritually. And may our eyes and hearts and hands be opened so that we might receive the good God, all the good that God would give us, but also that we might let go and share with a hungry world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.